0: Well, everybody knows that we like to support our own, you know, we support other business, but we do definitely like to support veteran-owned companies. So, Sean Mattson and Zach Steinbach started up Cardo Max and they're producing some phenomenal lineup. Uh, Aaron, I know you like the Immune Booster. Want to go into that a little bit?
1: I do, man. So, you know, we, we travel a ton, and there's a lot of times where I'm waking up super early in the morning, I'm trying to get a workout in, and then I'm going on an airplane and mixing with a bunch of people at an airport, I I can just feel it. I'm like, Oh man, my, my immune system is taking a hit here. No worries. I just pop that immune booster in from Cardo max. I throw it in whatever water I want. First of all, it's delicious. A lot of times I'll just add it straight into, you know, protein shakes, whatever I'm feeling like I'm going to have that immune hit. If I ever feel like I'm getting the sniffles or if I have a little runny nose, man, I just throw that immune booster in there. It immediately makes me feel better. And it might just be me, you know, telling myself that that's the case but i gotta be honest with you it works every single time and it's to the point where i'll look and any any one of my friends has a little sniffle and i just kind of slide one of those little packs over and i'm like hey throw this throw this in your water throw this in your your drink that you're drinking post-workout it'll make you feel better the immune boost is that you know immune booster is actually my favorite product that CardoMax puts out. I cannot get enough of that thing. They've got a bunch of different flavors. The orange is my favorite. It just works perfectly in whatever water that I'm drinking and it really does help me if if I've just been crushing myself and crushing my CNS. That immune booster helps me get back to regular. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, but Trent likes the main line, the in- energy intensifier. I really
1: do. I really do. Like it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where I carry around CardoMax with me to give to my friends cuz I'm like, "Have you tried what, this before? Yeah. I'm 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 like the world's worst <laughs> salesman. And really all I'm doing is giving away the product <laughs> because um, I, I love it so much. Like the flavors are good. It's non-carbonated. Uh, I'm, I come from a background of uh, everybody's seen like the memes. I think of, you know, NCOs holding monster cans. Like that was me, uh, but I've, I've been, I, I don't do that anymore. Now I just, I walk around with my, my bottle like this right here. Like I'm drinking Cardomax right now, energy intensifier. And I love it. The flavors and uh, everything about it. So I don't have like a weak immune system like Aaron, but apparently I'm low energy. So <laughs> I throw in some cardomac, energy intensifier, and then I can get on, on Aaron's level. Yeah, I, love I didn't it. want to make it a competition, I love it when it's I, competition. It is a competition. I love when an ad read also contains just a little bit of Trent being mean to me. I, 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 I know joke. Yeah, I've I've no kidding seen Trent like I I turned around one time and like Trent like uh you know he's just kind of like bent over the counter I'm like what are you doing buddy and there he was with that pink lemonade energy intensifier just like pouring one in there and he was like uh oh. and I was like yep one for the doctor baby let's go <laughs> Trent is constantly putting that energy intensifier in his drink because like the guy is just out here you need to work it's clean and it doesn't make you jittery it's not like super you know you have some of the other energy drinks beta alanine is all the thing now they want to make your face tingle and like fall off. Man, this ain't this ain't Cardo Max. It's clean, good energy that you can work out. It doesn't make you redline. It feels great when you actually drink it. So CardoMax dot com. Make sure to use our uh, code at checkouts one's ready. So CardoMax dot com. Go check out either the weak immune booster or the super alpha male, sigma male, uh energy intensifier, whichever one you want to be.
0: Or hydration. That's that's my jam, but whatever.
1: <laughs> I feel like how we just eliminated peaches from the entire.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ones Ready podcast. You're in the team. Aaron is obviously excited to join us. Uh, thank you, Aaron. Uh, but we actually have a a, a well known guest. I'll say uh, you're kind of insta famous there, sir. And uh, I'm gonna go back and forth between calling you sir and Todd probably because it's just weird. Um, so let's not go with Chief uh, during this because that's just awkward as well. Uh-huh. But we have one by. Captain Todd Duquette, uh, TACP officer, which is great to have because we have a lot of people that want to be, that inquire about TACP and TACP officers. So to have you on and then other folks like Chief Macias, Senior, uh, Nasty Stags and stuff like that are, are great to have on. So really appreciate you joining us. And why don't you give us a little bit of background about, uh, how you came to be a TACPO?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's a good opportunity just to get on here and chat with you guys. I know we've been trying to get this going for a while now, and then courses pop up, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but it's good to actually be here and, and chat with you guys. Um, so my background, uh, yep, Tech the Officer um, over at the 9th ASOS at Fort Hood. I actually went through ROTC for uh, my commissioning source, and in the last year of my ROTC, uh, threw a packet in for Tech B Officer. If you guys aren't familiar with that process, you basically just put an application in, they sift through it, and they decide, like, hey, this guy has potential uh, or not. And then went through a week long uh, in-person assessment, um, got, got picked up out of there. So I uh, was very fortunate, uh, to have that right out of the gate, Commissions. Uh, commissioned, um, unfortunately, some medical stuff fall through. They reclassed me to Intel. I did that for about a year and then got that cleaned up and I was able to get back, uh, to the career field. So, um, since then, uh, I've been at Fort Hood, like I said, and it's been a, been a good journey, but,
0: uh, it's kind of a streamlined approach
2: to getting into TAC B
0: enjoyed it. Do you mind just dipping your toes into the Rotzi thing real quick? Cause I don't think that we have hit that yet and we do get some Rotsy questions.
1: Yes. Yeah, and especially like I mean preparation, a lot of the, the Rotsy programs will reach out to us and they're like, we have no idea how to prepare. So did, did you have in that Rotsy program too? Like, did you have a good program? Was it set up? Did you know what you were getting into that? Those are questions people ask all the time.
2: Right. Um, and I, I think they're great questions to ask as far as getting prepared for it. Um, our detachment, we were a medium-sized detachment, and we actually didn't have a program specifically tailored to guys and, uh, and gals wanting to go through special warfare uh, or battlefield airmen, uh, as it was known back then. And so, a lot of the preparation was on the individual. Um, I was very blessed and fortunate to have leadership that supported it and really wanted us to push that uh, the next step. Um, and so, if I needed to, you know, maybe do additional PT and, and not go to you know one meeting. Um, because it was preparing me for attack beat selection. Uh, they would work with me on that, but a lot of the preparation is specifically like, on yourself as you're going through as a cadet. Um, and that can be challenging, right? Because you know, as a cadet, you're focused on your major, you're focused on your aerospace studies courses, and then now you're still trying to figure out, and navigate preparing for this course that a lot of people just don't know about. And I think that that's one of the key things that One's Ready provides is that insight to special warfare, because I'll tell you right now, when I was going through the cadet, like I had zero knowledge uh, of how things would go, or what to expect, what attributes I should start developing, or characteristics I should develop, and so I'm a huge fan of, of what you guys are doing. Um, but to answer your question, a lot of the preparation is on yourself, so um, you got to work out PT, uh, and then hopefully, you know, you're you're a stud or you're not. Um, well, you
0: have at least that was back then. You've got. Uh, I, I don't know if you have a background <laughs> in fitness or or what it is, because you're, I mean. You're doing bodybuilding stuff, which let's, I mean, let's put that out there. Bodybuilding is not the way to prepare for the pipeline, no, whether it's TAC PO or like, no. do not bodybuild anything. It
1: does not matter <laughs> what, yeah, don't do it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what caveat you guys say, there's going to be somebody in the DMs in about two months, be like, Oh, I've been training for bodybuilding and I didn't do very well on the, <laughs> the IFT guys. So what's up?
2: <laughs> yeah. Don't do bodybuilding. It's it's fun to to do once, you know if you're not preparing for something like a selection but if you're preparing for something like a selection you definitely want more functional movements, developing movement patterns and and strength endurance so uh but yeah uh my fitness background i did play a little college football and then i have a nursing degree so like just the fitness and then like the health aspect is a big part of my life and so diving into that and with what i do now is with personal training on the side uh, i think it's very important Uh, and we, we can talk more about how specifically to prepare if you guys want or we can save that for another time
1: yeah we'll we'll hit it at the end because we definitely want to dive into that um, and we want to talk about that journey because again it's it's just another example of you finding something hard to do like bodybuilding and the ne- like the necessary dieting and the gym training sessions you know oddly enough that's how my pipeline training started too uh, i got back <laughs> i got back into the gym and i got that fire lit back underneath me because i had a couple guys in my gym or in my uh, shop that were doing bodybuilding shows and i just essentially, you know, agreed to be one of their training partners when they didn't feel like going, I'd be like, yep, I was, I was kind of that guy that would get them there, but all the way back. So you you get through ROTC, you get actually into, you know, you had to spend your time in Intel. So good on you for paying those dues and and then, and coming back. Oh yeah, Um, We get through the TACP pipeline and and you're off to the races and there's always a choose your own adventure flavor that we put in here for people. And we tell them, Hey, you can, Mm -hmm. you can find yourself in to whatever it is that you wanna find yourself in. So there you are, you're cruising the TACP life, you're the TACPO of uh, everybody's hopes and dreams, just looking real good. And then the opportunity comes up and they say, hey, sir, you're gonna to go to Ranger school. What was that uh, What was that notification like?
2: So there's actually more on myself. We didn't have a, our training shop, we're, we're switching guys around um, and civilians were running it. And so if you wanted to do something, and this is how I think it should be personally. But if you want to do something, get a front load, all of your preparation and requirements. So like sure. get all your medical squared away, that's a huge one. Um, same thing for airborne. Um, figure out all the prerequisites, get the course dates, and then figure out where in your timeline, especially being a team leader and filling in as a flight commander, um, figuring out where, where that time's going to fit. Because for Ranger School, I mean, you guys know it's at least 62 days. That's pending, no washbacks, no recycles, no injuries. The minimum 62-day course. So like where where in your air force timeline is that going to fit, you know, so really um, so what I did basically got all the requirements done, got my medical done and then basically presented it to my DO. Um, I was like, Hey, here's what I want to do. If it's this window, I'm ready. Like, let's go. Uh, And then he was a tab dude. So of course he blessed off on it. And then, you know, off we went. So.
1: I love it. And for everybody out there, I would like to highlight something. Notice how the captain went about this process. He got all of his ducks in a row first, and presented a solution to his chain of command, and he got approved. We have been talking uh, with the with the, the cats and the dogs and the DMs, and people are like, "Oh, I want to do this thing." But like, have you done step one? I liked it to hear that you you're like, "Hey, I wanted this thing. I set it up. I got my entire packet together, and I got approved to go." That's that's good feedback, Sarah. Thanks for being this voice <laughs> of reason. Sometimes you know what I mean.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know. Any school, like we've had guys go to sniper school. Guys are uh, about to check out to mountain warfare. So it's the same process. They all front loaded, got their stuff together, and then brought it up with dates. Uh, so it gave them options.
1: Fantastic. You so you got everything yeah. approved. You're ready yeah. to go. So, first off, you know, the obvious question you didn't go through a winter course. Do you feel like you're less of a ranger for going through there?
2: Oh, gee. <laughs> you know what? You- <laughs> You hear that? You'll see the dudes, with like little tabs on their shoulders, the white oh, thread, yeah. and they just talk all sorts of mess. Oh, yeah. um, I will say, um, we we had plenty of dudes going down for heat injuries, and, and you guys probably know going through courses in the summer, that that, that sucks too. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't want to take that away from the guys going through in the summer. Well, it's it's ju- 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 huge right ju- difficulty.
0: Do you want heat, you know, and uh, carrying okay. a bunch of water? Or do you want snivel gear and, you know... Carrying that, like it's oh,
1: you don't get snivel gear. You're just cold. That's why it's harder. (laughs) Hey, I will say
2: this: when we were in Florida, we had the winter packing list. It made zero. Oh, nice. So we were still humping all that gear.
1: Let's talk a little bit about Ranger School. This is an awesome opportunity that actually Aspect War has. The Air Force has spots to Ranger School. Anybody Mm -hmm. in the Air Force can go to Ranger School if you can get it approved. Literally Literally anybody. If you want to go as an any AFSC, if you're a mechanic and you want to go to Ranger School and your chain of command supports it, guess what? You can show up and you can go to Ranger School. So, you know, you show up day one and I'm sure there's like, I'm sure there's the army back and forth, but you're a TAC PO. Like people know who you are. People know who TACPs are in the army. So, you show up on, on kind of day one. What were the expectations for Ranger School and was it what you expected it to be?
2: Yeah. Um, so day one, when they're sorting everybody, just like any other course, it's super hectic, right? Uh, they're putting you into your companies, uh, giving you your assignments to your teams and squads. And then, you know, you're kind of just off from there. Um, I did go through the RTAC Pre-Ranger course and I'll just say that that does a fantastic job of preparing you for a derby phase of Ranger School or the first phase. So if anybody's, looking for an, a pre-ranger that's going to set you up 100% do RTAC out, uh, out in Georgia. I say that because they will actually vouch for you if you graduate their course and move you on into, and walk you over to the course if you're a walk-on. Nice. So, good. Um, sounds good. But um, yeah, <clears throat> expectations. They, I mean, they, they expect you to know everything as far as the RTTs, like how to set up a 240, um, how to function check, how to fire it, how to maintain it, claymores, land nav basically everything that Joe is going to be doing, like you're doing too, and you're on an equal playing field. But they don't care in this regard if you're a chief, if you're a captain, if you're a colonel, if you're, you know, E2, E3, like they, they don't care. They just want to know, like, dude, can you pass land nav? Can you um, finish out these RTTs to the standard? Because uh, guys would do it and then maybe miss out on time because you're going too slow and they just fail, it, right? Um, so the expectation is same across the board. And I think the, the, the ranger instructors did a good job least the first uh, phase of keeping that standard level across the board. So I, I appreciate That's it. Awesome.
0: Can you just, just for the audience, say what RTTs are?
2: Yeah, sorry. So RTT is a ranger training task. And in the first week of Derby phase, it's called wrap week. Um, and basically they're just assessing, do you have the baseline knowledge to actually get through ranger school? So again, all those, those tasks we just mentioned, they, they grade you on them. So those are the RTTs.
1: Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's, we, we do it all the time too. Like we'll find ourselves talking in acronyms and usually I'm the one that's like, I can hear myself doing it. And then I'm like, okay, wait, we got to explain this stuff. So, um, what, what was that's raising it. your heart rate in that first, that, that first week. So, uh, you know, as an air force guy that's gone to different schools, you're always showing up and there's always that feeling in the back of your head, especially when it's like an army school and you're the only air force guy or you're, you know, one, a few air force guys. There's always like, Oh no. Like, am I going to get boloed out like immediately and have to go right back home? Was there anything that you were worried about? In, like that first, that first week of showing up to where you're like, man, I'm gonna have to go back to the unit and tell somebody a sob story.
2: Short course. Oh, geez. Um, I don't want to say that. Yeah, it would suck. I don't want to say that I didn't have anything to worry about. Um, preparation is definitely huge for this. But when you get there, there's just like, I think, I think everyone was the same way and we'll jump into it. But uh, the PT mm-hmm. test, they always say that the push ups. You can go chest to ground, full extension. You're about to snap your elbows with, you know, how deliberate you're making it. And they'll still two, two, <laughs> two. So, uh, I was, I was a little nervous about that because I didn't want to get there, put all that work in. And this was like the only time my career feel or in my career that it made sense and then get like, you know, less than the minimum because some RI was trying to hit a quota or whatever the case may have been. So I was, I was nervous about that, uh, mostly but obviously didn't, didn't have an issue either, so with So with
0: the, you know, meeting those PT standards, not not necessarily meeting them, but, you know, kind of like how strict they are, did you, did you mm-hmm. find that they were more critical of Air Force than, or any other service, not just Air Force, but any other service versus Army?
2: For this specifically, um, <clears throat> I thought they treated everyone the same across the board, and that was just like, Equally
1: crappy; like they were just <laughs> it sucks for everybody.
0: I, I like it. Um, I, I think it.
1: no, it's easy I, to yeah, hold that hate
0: in. equal yeah. hate across the board. I'm in for it.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely. easy to it's easy to speak um, your truth when your truth is hate. You know, absolutely. Like
2: you just hate everybody, and life's easy. There, there's no discrimination <laughs> I there. Um, I, I think later in the course, there's a little bit um, where, like, being specifically like attacking um and Air Force, where I, I kind of felt it because each phase, our are specific to that phase like they don't move with you and so you know ri dependent a ranger instructor dependent you're going to see some dudes like have a stigma um, for air force or like they don't like officers well nobody like, likes then, officers and, that's yeah. just because they're good <laughs>
1: enlisted men. that's because that's, all... that's why uh, trent's uh, yeah, not oh. here
0: trent was like no nope, <laughs> no
1: trent's like i'm sorry <laughs> he's does he have an, he's got oh, so man. much
0: disdain for officers <laughs> does, <I mean. laughs>
1: does he have an o in front of his number because it's if okay. he does i am out of here <laughs>
2: yeah oh dude you know i I mean someone's got to do it so
1: there there you are that's an interesting thing too that the rangers don't move along with you so you could totally have great rapport you know somebody could be like hey this guy's crushing it and you show up to that next phase and another ranger instructor's like you know what that guy and i don't like him that's uh that's interesting but you have to be you have to be above reproach you have to have your your game face on essentially all the time like i think that probably breeds a little bit more uh, a little bit more performance than it does anxiety but what was that, uh, that first phase, right? So we're getting through, and if you can kind of explain. So we get in, and there's always the in-processing and, you know, figuring out who the Comrel is and how to talk yeah, to instructors, yeah. and sometimes a guy with a gray hat, you need to stand at attention, and sometimes you don't. I don't know. Uh, you know, through those in-processing things, and you get into the swing of training in that first phase, talk about that first phase and, and talk yep. about the challenges there.
2: Yeah. Um, so the first phase uh, of Ranger School is Darby phase. and Outside of that first week, like I said, that being wrap week with the testing on the RTTs and you're basically trying to just get into Ranger School. Um, The rest of it is going to be focused on squad level tactics. So you're thinking maybe 12 to 15 individuals um, per squad and you're learning how to be a squad leader and a team leader specifically. And with those, uh, they're teaching you what a warning order is, um, how to build and brief it, and then what an operations order is, again, how to build and brief that. For the mission sets that you guys are be doing on patrols, because you're going to be going through patrols um, in your FTX, which each phase has one. The mission sets were specifically reconnaissance, so how to actually conduct a recon mission without being detected, get all the PIR, um, and get that back to higher headquarters. Um, and then like squad ambush and squad attack, so how to actually bring the fight to the enemy uh, with a squad. Um, it, it was pretty good. I think one of the biggest challenges, uh, especially being Air Force and not having seen this before, was that. A lot of the guys who came from the infantry officer's course knew knew this stuff. They literally just did it for a few months. And you also had the the other majority of the squad be made up of guys from the ranger battalion. So um, again, they've seen this stuff. They've lived, deep, breathe, sleep this stuff. So they already knew it. Whereas me, I got a nursing background, taxi background, like good at calling casts um, or okay <laughs> right. at calling casts. Nice. Today. Well um, done, because you I'm,
1: almost <laughs> just got blown up in the comment section. But, pun intended. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna um, check your record we're gonna we're, hop oh on.
1: oh are you sir Check all
0: those evals yep. that's
1: when chief starts hey
2: i'm green
1: in a tax dog um but yeah
2: <laughs> hey that's it man i know how to work a computer that's what we need right um but yeah like so those guys they've seen that stuff before they understand how it works and they can spit off the top of their head whereas me i'm like dude let me get a notebook and just write all this stuff down um that was a huge challenge in in Darby, especially knowing that this is going to be the stuff that you're going to be doing for the next 62 days. So if you don't get a good understanding now, while you're still kind of fresh, you're not hungry or as hungry, not as tired, there's no way you're going to do it in Mountain Phase or, or Florida, right? If you even make it there. So that's probably the biggest
1: challenge. Is right. Well, but notes. you did make it there and you went on a Mountain Phase just fine. Is there any... Did you... I. I picture going from phase to phase in Ranger School, like graduation from like grade school, where they have like a very short ceremony and then they yell at you to get out. Is that a, is that how it went, or am I just completely stupid?
2: You, you probably have like thirty minutes to an hour, depending on your company and your instructors, where they're like, "Dude, here's an MRE, like, good job, and <laughs> <Like>, you still <laughs> suck, move on." You know.
1: And then we're in a mountain so, phase. What yeah. uh, what did you do in mountain yeah. phase? I know what we call mountain. You know, when we do mountain stuff, but I I imagine that it's different.
2: Man, I so my favorite phase was Mountain Phase, and then people, all, like, word on the street is, like, Mountain Phase is Ranger School, um, and we'll touch on that just a little bit, but the focus on Mountain Phase is you move to Dahlonega, Georgia, and now you're advancing from squad-level tactics to platoon-level tactics. Now you're going from, like, that that 12 to 15-man uh, squad up to potentially being responsible for up to 50 people and, and still conducting the mission, so moving again from squad to platoon level um a lot more graded positions there because you have the platoon leader the platoon sergeant and then like the weapon squad leader security squad leader two assault squad leaders um so like the, it, it shifts a little bit and then for there they break it up the first part of mountain phase is all of your mountaineering skills so how do you tie specific Thank knots um, how do you you know, finally something that i feel that is, i can relate yeah, no, to no, here no,
1: finally no, no. we're talking about ropes geez <laughs> i was like when is this guy going to talk about something that's important to me so i can make this podcast about me you know what i mean like thank you right.
0: talk about three to ones oh and you're stuff like that <laughs> oh
1: you're a pj name every knot in every rope oh ever. man yeah i mean it's really
2: cool though because you know you'll learn some stuff in courses and you're like man i'm never going to use this or like the application is very niche in like one time but Man, uh the first half again being a mountaineering skill, like you learn how to repel properly, and then Aaron, you might like this: how to repel with like a casualty now we're and press them while you're going down. Uh, so that was pricked that my was little really ears mean. right up. Um, and then the last, yeah, man, it was so cool. And then for me, I had this big old Estonian Jeez. dude, with my casualty, he's probably like 250 pounds, and I was just like, all right, dude, if we if we fall, you know what, like, war boots, be with us. Um, so That was a good good interesting challenge there, but but yeah, and then just the how to lead climb so if you're on like a side of a mountain how to actually place attachments and get up that mountain with your with your squatter or platoon so um, that was the first half and then the last half was all the patrols right you're, you're moving as a platoon you're learning orders of movement how to actually set up uh you know, if you get into a firefight, if you get into like mass cal or mass casualty event, how to actually set those up and get the guys out of there. Um, so it's very similar to um, the tactics you learn in Darby, but now you have fifty dudes, and the mission set goes from reconnaissance and ambushes to nice. setting up ambushes and raids. So very similar. But again, it's just you Well, and that span of control
1: and the, the army ranger course for those that are not tracking. I mean, it, it like we really poke yeah, fun at our, our, our ranger yeah. friends, but it, it really is the premier leadership course in the army. Like you, you have to have a span of control and a span of influence. And it's not always going to be an officer in charge of that. They yeah. put, you know, the enlisted PLs and in, in, in charge of those things, too. So oh, um, I, yeah. I imagine that sort of trial by fire is just happening every single day. And, you know, the, the rumors are true, kids. You're not sleeping. Oh. You're not eating. It's hard. Like the packs are heavy, the water is no. wet, like, you yeah. know, uh, regardless of what you may th- have heard, like it's still out there. What, uh, where did you fail? Did you have a time where you, you know, you were maybe it's mission planning or maybe your sand table was just garbage or was there a time where you just kind of walked away, shaking your head like, dang it, that wasn't my best, that wasn't my best effort there.
2: All right, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you two scenarios that happened. Uh, one to iterate a fact that you can do everything right and still fail. And two, to iterate that, like, it just sucks sometimes, and you just got to take it on the chin and move on. Um, so the first instance where you can do everything right and still fail, I'll go back to Darby. Again, you're doing squad squad tactics. We had a reconnaissance mission uh, for actions on, and I went through the entire patrol. You go through your security halt, reconning and establishing your objective rally point, identifying a release point, and actually doing a leader's recon of the objective, doing your actions on, and then getting all the dudes back. Did everything perfect. The RI even came up to me and it's like thirty past midnight. He's like, "Hey man, like you guys are doing good. Just be careful because this is about the time where do you start to slack off." Um, he's like, "Just keep going on your recon. Have you got your reconnaissance and surveillance teams? You know, keep doing the cloverleaf, and uh, you know you'll know when it's time to stop." So, anyways, they compromised one of our uh, recon teams. We had to execute our compromise plan and get back. We got back to our objective value point, and the instructor's like, "All right, hey, end X. I want you guys to meet me back in the road in 30 minutes, get all your gear and accountability and get up to the road. I was like, cool. Hey, Roger that, uh, Sergeant, you know, let's, you know, get the team up there. I turn over to my Bravo team leader. I'm like, hey, man, like, I need to see your sector sketch so I can identify where all the Claymores are um, and make sure we have accountability of all those items. And long story short, <laughs> spent an hour and a half looking for the same thing. Oh, no. you lost the Claymore. Um, And obviously, uh, as a squad leader and similar to platoon ops, we need a platoon leader, platoon sergeant. You're in charge of everything the squad or a platoon does or fails to do, right? So, equipment accountability is huge. So, we crushed the mission, met all the objectives, got PIR, and lost a Claymore. And it was like, nah, dude, you failed. Like, no go. And you don't... What sucks is, dude, you don't know about your outcome until the very end of the phase. So, nice. And then...
0: So well, I yeah, did. I mean, I you, you lose a Claymore. So I mean, that that's was like... You know.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah. So, again... You uh, to, on the good-bad scale. Take it on Shin. And, and very... Oh, yeah. And then in, in Mountain Phase, uh, it rained a lot during FTX. I'm talking, like, we had no ponchos. Um, our wet weather gear sucked 'cause because CIF, you know, bless them, they just have bad gear. And uh, it's downpouring. You can put your hand out in front of your face and you just, you don't see much. And so, we uh, had a planning look. We, we we still got through it, but then, and here's the, the big kicker of Ranger School. Dudes are tired. They're wet. They're hungry. They don't want to pay attention. And it's like, all right, man. Like I'm just gonna take this on the chin because nobody's paying attention right now, and there's nothing you can do. So uh, end up no going uh, that the, look there. But the, so it is what it is. I
0: remember going through the pipeline, and I mean, Grant, yeah, I was I was really young, and I was just hanging on for dear life. It was the 1920s. It,
1: it was a different time in the country. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like there was a lot of things. It was you know the Great Depression <laughs> was looming.
0: Yeah. Oh man,
2: I was having <laughs> <other, I was laughs> stressors. I hear you but
0: i like i remember going through and i i didn't think much i just it was i was more reactive than you know um than thinking through things and being proactive plus i wasn't in a leadership position i was the lowest ranking dude Mm -hmm. you know there um since you're you're older you're already an established captain you've been doing this for a while did you did you find yourself overthinking things or were you able to look at the look at the task or look at whatever it is that you're going through in school or during Ranger school and and kind of not necessarily in a zombie mode, if you will, but actually take a look at, at it objectively instead of just like whatever it's happening to me, whatever. I'll just OK. And, and I'm just surviving. I don't know if that makes sense or not, because I, like I was just surviving. I didn't excel. I did. I, I just, <laughs> I, was I just, survived. I was just there. That's all I did. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Um, so I'll say in Darby phase, so the first phase, you're, you're really overanalyzing. Again, you're you're still kind of fresh, you know? Um, and me personally, I want to know everything about everything before I do it. And that's one of my weaknesses, is like, you know, you're not going to have that fidelity all the time. You're not going to have the time to get to that level of fidelity. So you got to get what you can where it makes sense and then like just press right um uh and so in in derby phase i did that a lot and i had to pull myself back like hey man you can't do that here you know get through the steps but you're taking up all that time like then you don't have time for leaders recon or whatever the case and then it snowballs because your dudes don't know where to go and then they don't know how to do a proper ambush and they start shooting each other and you fail so it's like all right pump the brakes take a deep breath what do we need to accomplish? Let's just do that first. You know, it's like a 50 meter target. Um, so that was a challenge for me at first. And then you kind of get into the routine of things uh, with, the, with your squad and platoon, especially when you get to the mountain phase and you start ironing that stuff out. So um, yeah, that was definitely it a challenge. It reminds
1: me there was out, a, okay. an SAS commander one time. Did we drop? Is he out? Nope. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, right. I got you. Can you hear me? Yeah, okay, just a little bit. that's an internet term, everybody. Lag means it was just a little bit slow. Um, <laughs> I had an SAS. Con- <laughs> hey, these young guys probably know that, <laughs> yeah, right? For they sure. grew up with this lingo. I let, one of my favorite quotes of all time is an SAS <laughs> commander that we worked with used to say, You know, Aaron, the blokes will always disappoint you. And that reminds me uh, of the Claymore story of, of the you doing everything great, and you're just the second that you figure out that Claymore isn't there, you're just like, No. Well,.
0: Spoiler alert, you made it out. We got out of mountain
1: phase and then you're in the swamp phase in Florida. Is that the next phase? Is that the, the final one?
2: It is. Um, so I'll just back up, right? If you're everyone qualified, they try to jump into each phase. Um, for us, we had bad weather. So unfortunately, everybody had to take that eight-hour bus ride from Delanaga down to Camp Rudder in Florida, which honestly was a saving grace because you got to sleep, you got to eat. You have to drink water without being harassed by the instructors. Um, but yeah, the last phase is Florida, and you're still in platoon ops. But the big thing here is that now you're, you're running, right? You're getting an op board dropped, and there's minimum uh, or minimal interaction with the instructors, and they're literally just evaluating you, right? Um, and so you get an op board, and then you get your platoon together, all your squad leaders, and you start planning, and you just go execute, and the timeline's on you. Um, and it's awesome, cool how Man, they that's really how to good. do that, right?
0: So once, just because I don't know, because I didn't go through Ranger School, which is unfortunate, because I actually wish that I had kind of done it. Now I guess I still could, but that would be really weird, and I don't think that they would let Why?
2: me. Why? <laughs> that's the, that's the. Hey, we had a. I think we had like a forty-year-old you know, finance. You can't say that because the now that people there. are going to
0: be like, "What's your excuse? <laughs> what's the problem?" Yeah. Yeah.
2: What, what, what's the excuse? Um,
0: Oh, so man. so you finish up swamp phase out in Florida, which you know, great great location. You know, <laughs> you got the gator. At, you got the oh yeah, it's nice. And yeah, you hot. got the yes, gator right. out there and everything like that. You know, so, yes. um So how's that work in terms of is it is it just a boom and then graduation and then hey see you off at your own unit kind of thing? Um. So once we
2: finished uh, Florida phase like said, the last phase or the last day of each phase is like you're going for the ri one by one learning if you're a go or no go if you're a recycle you're like giving dudes a pat on the back or like you're you know helping them out because they're crying because you got to recycle florida which sucks because it's so close um but then once that's done so you guys will go through like gear turn in you know all the standard clean the barracks kind of thing and then you'll load a bus go back to camp rogers um in georgia and then Turn in all your gear, CIF issues a big deal because like if you've never done CIF or central issuing facility, that's like the army is like, here's a bunch of gear. We know we gave it to you in really crappy condition, but we expect almost brand new back. And if not, we're going to charge
0: you for um, it.
2: <laughs> and so that was y- you. Yes, absolutely. Um, we had some guys like I got very fortunate that <laughs> I only lost like a grenade pouch, um, and it, just because the layouts. Yeah, when you dump all your gear out at the beginning of each phase, like you're no joke, like right against the next dude and so all your gear is kind of like getting mixed up um, i think that's just what happened but it's only 20 dollars versus some guys were like i'm not cleaning this i lost this this is damaged so i'm just gonna fork out 500 bucks to pay for all my gear yeah 500 bucks and then so they can beat feet because otherwise they keep you there for another day and then it gets into your graduation timeline and they got family what there racket so uh, like, uh, not nah, man what, what a year. the man. ranger schools um, having the
1: world's best kinda, christmas party thanks it. to some joes that don't want to turn in some gear <laughs>
0: Oh, hey man, I don't take checks, and we're yeah. I don't take <laughs> like whole pay, I don't take checks, and uh, and we're not going to take it out of your your paycheck. So just go ahead and slip me five hundred dollars cash, and we'll give them it bones. jeez, like, <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: right. Oh man, so that was that was it. And then like the second to last day, you do a little graduation practice. Then you do graduation, and then right when when that's done, um, after that really cool exhibition they do, like.
0: See you. All right. Well, See you as you're so, as you're part in there, and as you've it. had, what well, you've probably had, you graduated what a month ago. Okay, so June seventeenth. Yep. Now that you've had time to reflect on it, like, what are, if you could name one, but you know, um, what are some of the biggest things you learned from that? Like, whether it's whether it's to make you a better tag PO a better just adult human being like whatever like what's something that you learned from that you're like man that was that was awesome and I'm gonna carry that with me for the rest of my life
2: yeah um I'll I'll hit two things really quick if that's all right though one being you know there's there's plenty of times where like you're hurting you know you're you're hungry you're tired I started ranger school at like a solid 205 at the end of mountain phase, Yo. I was 177.
0: That so was the, at the end of that, mount, time, that was just at the end of mountain. Yeah, you still had man. a whole nother swamp phase to go.
2: Exactly. So that's, that's kind of why they say mountain phase, like is ranger school, because um, it's just a lot of movements with heavy gear, going straight up mountainous terrain. You're burning maybe 6,000 plus calories a day and only taking in anywhere from one to 2,000. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty challenging at least for me and so the first thing i'll say is you're hurting right and you're tired and, and all these things are happening but you still got to perform you still got to be there for the team because just like you heard in my claymore example where as the leader i did everything for the checklist right yeah yeah. the other guy messed up like you don't want to be that guy right who loses the piece of equipment or who falls asleep and so a big takeaway is learning how to ha- you know really hone in on that intrinsic motivation um, and, and discipline and, and still put out for the team and then pick up the dudes who are hurting. Cause if you're hurting, I guarantee the guy next to you is as well. Right. And so it's like, Hey man, like how's your day going? You know, maybe you're strong pointed with two people pulling security, but like he's falling asleep or you're falling asleep. It's like, Hey man, you're just leaning off each other. And so the first thing learning is really how to one, be a good follower. Um, and, and while you're hurting and, and start inspiring those dudes to do the same. Um, so that, that was really great, uh, and then the second thing you, you do learn tactics, like general small unit tactics, um, which is great, especially being like a TAC P force where we are maneuvering with the ground element um, of the army or marines or whatever the case may be. Um, you start seeing the general picture of how they're going to maneuver with their guys, and you can take that back. And one thing that I'm doing right now uh, with our weapons and tactics shop is building scenarios that include proper small unit tactics that lead right into controlling or actions on um, and, and you name it, right? Whatever scenario. So instead of just going out there and marching through like, no man, you actually have, here's the army's mission, or at least the ground picture. You still got to execute that while you're controlling as a JTAC. um, And we're actually doing that in training instead of, you know, guys going out and kind of just getting in where they fit in kind of thing. So they have exposure to it. So those are two big oh, things. Oh, that's awesome.
0: That and and to, your, to your first kind of lesson learned, I, I think that that's important. Yeah, that intrinsic motivation and, and intrinsic you know, it's it's extremely important. But also by you looking out, by you identifying that somebody else next to you is hurting and accepting that fact that, hey, we're, we're all struggling, but that person might be struggling more than me, Um having that ability yeah. and that uh, awareness to like reach out to them or, or, or kind of try and motivate them, check in on them and that kind of stuff. It not only helps them, but it also helps you because it take one, it takes your mind off of the suck. Right. And now my focus is no longer like, Oh, woe is yeah. me. It's terrible. I'm hurting so bad. It's like, now I can focus on exactly. you and, and it should be about, it's no longer. I've said this before, but, And and I, and I said this at a development thing, but it, when you're, whether you're an NCO, senior NCO, an officer, it's no longer about you. It's about the people that you are with, the people that you are leading, the, you know, your, your peers. It is about them. It is not about you. So by you being able to have the awareness to focus on that person or, or the the squad or whoever it is that's hurting, um, you, you almost forget how bad you're hurting. So. Uh, another, another rant for me, but, <laughs> yeah. um, onto, onto much, no, I mean, on to much, much more difficult schools, um, especially mentally would be airborne Listen, mentally. So, yeah. We've done a whole uh, episode.
1: It's a yeah. uh, three day, three days worth of training packed into three weeks worth of time. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah.
0: <exactly. laughs> so, uh, absolutely. They, they I don't know how they do it. To, they, they, they manage, to manage to it. every, every waking minute, but, um, yeah. So if, we had actually had, had they you do. scheduled already. Uh, and then like we were, we were going to record with you. And then you're yeah. like, Hey boys, I'm heading out to airborne school. So feet stuff and to knees do. together and I'm out there.
1: Get them knees in the breeze sir. Yep.
0: The yeah. TV, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, yeah. I, I bet it nine. did. So, um, going through week one, like what I know it was probably a little bit different for you because I don't believe the officers, uh, live in the dorms with the rest of, of the enlisted folks I believe you guys are staying at hotels right <gasps> how dare you uh, correct
2: yeah so if you're East E6 wait, wait 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 wait, it's not just officers, Man, you, got, not just officers. you got eight Joes like eight and Joes and barracks that were built in before right World there. War
1: II in beautiful Columbus Georgia
2: <laughs> I know like how do you, how do you worst things not happen when it's a
1: barracks full of wow. jerks, right? And then There's all the There's nothing that off, makes less sense than that.
0: Show it up with Starbucks I, and I know, everything, man. Just, just smelling good. What's
1: up? You're so mad at them when they show up. To you them. know
2: what? Hey, <laughs> hey. If if the stick were if the dudes were good on the stick, I'm like, to oh, Starbucks. Dang, dude, that's well, they got good. Time that's, You got plenty of time that's to cool. eat that cool. Starbucks because
1: you're on the wires six hours before you need to do anything.
2: <laughs> yeah. i don't want to i don't want to say that's like an army thing but definitely an airborne yeah they're like oh, <laughs> what we well, you go gotta 5 30 you're to check in with your
1: stick leader at two thirty, and then the stick leader's got to check in with the platoon leader at 3 and then we got to report to everybody at 3 30 and then we're just in place for another hour before start
0: got a busy day not sure if we'll have time yeah, oh my God. Like, just because it is they want you to
2: watch the sunrise together and build that team, team Yeah, so, so, so all the
0: memes, is that is that is it 100% is nice. real. The Army, or at least Airborne School, Airborne does that. 500 so on the real. cables, back that up an hour and a half.
1: Back it up. But you know what? That timeline wouldn't be there if everybody always made yep. the timeline. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because there's, there's...
0: I know. There's...
1: Uh-huh. Exactly. Safety, safety breaks are written in blood, happened, to draw this Usually conclusion, that's what happens.
0: So. Yes, they are. It. I know. So day one Uh, is uh, what, PT test, right? Yep, but it was good.
2: (laughs) Uh, So since COVID,
0: okay, Okay. this
2: is where I do not agree, and I'll just say that personally, right? I don't agree with this, uh, and I'll explain real briefly why. But since COVID uh, happened, they actually took away the the PT requirements. There's no PT test. So so guys and gals can walk on. Um, The only assessment that they do is the flexed arm hang. Uh, because you got to be able to pull a slip, right, and hold it. Um, and that's that's not too difficult, right? Um, because even if you don't pull a slip, like feet <laughs> meet together and you're good, hopefully. But yeah, so there's no PT requirement, so the first day is really just getting into your sticks, getting organized, and like getting a lay of the land. So no PT test, and that that really was not a good thing to decide, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because we had individuals falling out on runs because you run everywhere there. So forget any gains you thought you had. And then, especially coming from Rangers, go. I'm like, dude, I'm not getting these back at all. Um, but yeah, so you run everywhere. People are falling out. Um, you did see a couple of people get hurt on the drop zone because they, I think, couldn't slip properly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Aren't airborne? You dirty legs. A slip is where you pull your risers and try to slow you your down. Dirty, uh, nasty you, legs. You know, make contact you with filthy, the earth. Filthy, uh, walking, so
1: stinky legs. I had some
2: injuries there. I know it. You don't even rate watching this podcast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's that's pretty crazy though that, oh, that the PT test is gone. So I, I I tell you what. So for all you army folk out there, the the bag on the air force, like what yeah. what do what's you got? Up? Yeah, what's I don't want hear You your your elite your elite school of airborne doesn't even have a PT test anymore. So I mean, I don't know. I know.
2: And I love I love some of my Army counterparts, but I'll just say it, some, of the, some of the Joes who are falling out. And that
0: is so, not a quick nah, run either. I mean, that is a, <laughs> in, in fact, it's a painfully slow run. No, man. Yeah, it's like, yeah, really, we, we, would, it right we would, we would purposely go, if, yeah. if you couldn't get in the front, we would purposely go into back to allow it, you know, so the accordion so that you could actually, you know, kind of stride it out a little bit. Of course, we're also 18 year old um, cocky kids that had just uh, graduated in doc. And, you know, we drop down and do pushups and zero sergeant, mm-hmm. zero sergeant, you know, Pesh. and just piss everybody yeah. off. But like, whatever, <laughs> they get it.
2: Yeah, I, I will say, dude, the first week kind of sucked because there's no PT test, but they love calisthenics, um, especially the first two days. They just death by calisthenics. My poor little knees right after ranger school i'm just like I, I hear them creaking and they're just not having it you know i'm still doing it but it's like <laughs> outside i look fine but inside i'm just like dude this sucks my knees hate me um so that was probably like the worst part about week one apart from just standing it's a lot of standing
0: so okay yeah. so you, you you get done with There's ground week standing. and then you go into week two what's week two like
2: Yeah, so week two is all about, like, your towers um, and just utilizing the towers to learn how to do proper mid-air procedures. So, like, if you got to pull your reserve, what do you do? If your, you know, risers are tangled, how do you get them untangled? Um, and then how do you just, like, float to the ground, right? I think the best thing was they have those 32-foot towers that you jump out of. Yeah, Did you yeah, just yeah, call 32 foot just a 32-foot tower? It, it was so fun. Yeah. Um, yeah
1: it is a 30 it is a 34 foot tower how dare you sir how dare you disrespect the 34 foot tower as i slap my leg (laughs) and pop out dude. you know why that's 34 feet you know why like the reason because they figured out at 34 feet if you're an average human (laughs) that puts your vision at about 40 feet and as you're in the door ready to jump out like so basically what we're talking about guys and gals there's a tower tower week is literally they're huge towers they are 34 feet tall you hook up to a zipline, just like the cap was saying, and then you jump out and then you basically ride on this zip zipline and you like, it's a long zipline ride. And then your friends literally catch you at the end. It's hilarious, but they made it 30 <laughs> yeah, exactly spread out and let your friends catch you. It's ridiculous. Starfish. 50 years of modern technology unimpeded by progress at airborne school. So um, they basically, they figured out that at 34 feet, you could look out that door and you couldn't I see the ground. It. So it simulated you not being able to see the ground as that first jumper. That's why it's a 34-foot tower. It wouldn't oh, work at I 32, see. sir.
2: <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll, I'll put that away for later. Um, no, that's awesome. Yeah, so some of the instructors, just like angel School, they, they swap out. And even though they go through this big instruction, 34 they, they foot 32 tower. and 34. Um, I didn't know that. They didn't they didn't explain that. That's, to you. that's because did, it you know, takes Susan, way
0: too much time to explain it to Joe. I better. And there and there's just and for that's everybody fair. that thinks I'm picking that's on fair. the army, there are equally the same amount of people in the Air Force that just don't 100%. have to explain to them. So I am not yeah. just picking on the army. Um did the so the yes. the the large towers, the tall towers, I don't know. 250 what their feet. Is. Get out of here. I know all they,
1: listen, I went I had to go back down to
0: that's I did right, you went for the Jumpmaster. Benning.
1: so I was there, man. I lived in them bricks. My name rings bells around the, the Fort Benning, Georgia area. Yeah.
0: Oh, did, so did you did you do the tall towers 250 foot towers good old Benny no
2: we didn't we didn't get the chance to do the like, 250 <laughs> foot towers um, something about like the towers not being certified yeah I'm not uh, surprised so, like, yeah uh, I'm like it I hasn't stopped the army before uh, but yeah so we didn't get to do that um, which I, I thought would have been cool because you know they show you this super cool like 1950s video or whatever the year of, you know guys using it and like man that would have been a lot better to go from the 34 foot towers to the 250 foot towers. Yeah, to the I, I always like watching, you know, test. we were soldiers um, and, and
0: seeing those but, in the background. I mean, those things are iconic. They, oh yeah. I mean, they really are. Yep. As as much fun as uh, airborne is not. Yeah, um, I, I mean, took pictures of those, those towers like towers. a dang tourist like, when
1: I went back there. I was sending it to my friends. Mm-hmm. I was like, listen, the towers are still up. They actually uh, one of the yeah, what they still here? were. There weren't there was no airborne well, there was an airborne course going when I was there for jam, but they didn't use the towers yeah. either. Um, I think for the same reason. I think because after like seventy five years of using the towers, they were like, Hey guys, yeah. we don't know if these are safe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was the same way, man. I, I was like, I'm gonna take a quick quick photo of this, the airborne time, I the letter of the towers <laughs> in the background. All right. Yeah,
0: so you uh, uh you make it through the first two weeks and you yeah. roll into the third week of actually jumping out of planes, anything significant in there? Like, I mean, just tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yep. Oh man. Um, so uh, one thing that was really cool was, as much as it really is kind of annoying going through the first two weeks of doing the same thing over and over and over, I think they do a good job of building that muscle memory. Cause as soon as you hand off your line to the safety and you're out that door, like it's like, Oh man, like, I'm good, posture's good, and now I'm just floating right. So I thought that was really good. Um, but we did have a couple of individuals who tried to jump before getting the green light pad that on the, is bat, a pat- the Yeah, for uh, sure.
1: Fun the- fact, like everybody there's mind. nothing saying you can't yeah. leave the aircraft whenever you want. Oh the Jump gosh. Master can't even stop you if you're fast enough. You can jump out of whenever, <laughs> anytime. You can leave that aircraft whenever you feel like it.
0: It's not. It is a technique. <laughs> it is not the technique. technique. Oh man!
2: <laughs> Definitely not the preferred technique. Yeah. Oh man. Um, and then the only other weird thing was like you know, everybody had their risers twisting, so you're constantly pulling and bicycling to get them undone. And then one instance, I was on one side, and this young lady who was probably a hundred pounds soaking wet with all her gear was on the other side. She jumped oh. first. Then I jumped. She's a and floater. I just came hurling underneath her my shoe opened up and it opened up right under her and so she was on my canopy hers didn't even inflate uh you know i was losing air Uh, i'm like yo slip right slip right and she kind of just like falls off to the side and i don't know fortunately she caught air but at the end on the ground after you know we smacked that thing (laughs) um, she was like Hey, sir! Not gonna lie, that was pretty scary. I'm not gonna like, lie, okay? I thought like, I died. Uh, sir, so the only the shaken. only question no. that
1: I have for you: <laughs> Did you guys get to see the movie? Did you see uh, the video while you were in the shed? Yes. Look, they want we you to clap at video the end. So many yes, times that's until we realize they play they it again. to again. If you don't, if you don't clap at the end, if they, they don't play clap, hoot and holler. Yes. I love it. I love it so much. For those that don't know, it's an it's a the probably the best piece of culture. Other than uh so the wires that we're talking about has like rocks next to it. So there's two things that happen at airborne school. Number one, you get really good at throwing rocks into helmets. Somebody will call out a number, they'll be like, uh November one nine nine. Oh yeah. Everybody's done it. That's it's a rite of passage. You're sitting there with nothing to do. So you throw rocks at helmets because we're stupid children really at heart. (laughs) And then the other one is when was that video produced? That had to be in the sixties or the seventies, right? Like it was in A. <laughs> it was in color, but they literally talked about the PT making oh, your even. body so hard that the earth would hurt when you did your PLF, and it is motivating. <laughs> I got done at the end of that thing. I was like, Woo, let's go, baby. Premier <laughs> school in the army. <laughs>
2: Look, if there's any PAO uh, or public affairs in this... <laughs> it's you know, way better. And it's this, got like the... It almost sounds like... That style of video. It's, like, oh yeah, it's like, almost got reading. like the
1: <laughs> newsreel like, music in the background. It's like... Dude's jumping, doing PT, like doing freaking side straddle hops. Fantastic. It's it, the eh, height really? of fitness.
0: So oh man okay so uh, if, if people so aren't fun. tracking so or fun. if people didn't know anyway like there's a big difference between airborne and ranger school Um, sir I asked you about you know what are the big things that you learned from ranger school I'm hesitant to ask you about what are the big things you learned mm-hmm. from airborne school but is there anything that was like profound that you were like man I, I really learned this at airborne school
2: Um, so I'll just say when I first got there uh, all my buddies were like, "Hey, just turn your brain off for three weeks and like just get there. You'll be all right." um so You, you kind of do that for the first two weeks because you're just falling. But hindsight, looking back, I think one of the good things was, especially when you have a bunch of dudes and gals like sitting there on the plane with you and you're about to jump out, really on situational awareness. Uh, like, hey, when my stuff, when my chute opens, you know, you're checking canopy, looking around, comparing your rate of descent, and you're like looking at all the other individuals and where they're at. Um, so. If you had to take anything away, I'd probably feel like situational awareness because on a combat jump, like you're dropping gear. You got to know where it lands. You got to watch out for like trees and power lines. You got to know what to do. Like if you hit those. Um, so
1: that's amazing. Fun. The uh, the like, thread that I'm hearing, Cap, through this entire thing is, is your away. fitness is really your baseline. Right. So, you know, we were talking about Ranger School and, and you were like, hey, I was able to deal with these things and I was able to, you know, I was able to like take <laughs> these things on and, and airborne too, yeah. you like the challenges were there, but you were like, you know, it was easier. We always talk about having that bandwidth. If you're more fit, you have more bandwidth to deal with things. And that's obviously really important, you know, with you with, you know, not only in your yeah. job, but also it's kind of like your secondary passion. I, I don't even know what you would call it with, you know, the the Todd physique um, program and, and project and the stuff that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to hear how, how important that is to you, because that's, you know, us, we talk about it all the time. Like that is that is bedrock. That's your baseline. The two hours in my day that I always protect are those, those two hours in the morning at the gym. Like I, I got to get there to, to get that done. Cause it's the one thing that I can't like slough off. Like I can cancel a meeting later in the day, or I can go do other stuff, but you can't get those two hours back to work out. So, um, what, how did, did that just like naturally short sort of like pop up because you were working out so much for the job and you just realized you loved it and you wanted to get into bodybuilding or how did that evolve? Oh yeah, speak your truth. Come on, let's go, baby. This is a safe space. Be
2: vulnerable for a second, Um, and I'll just yeah, I know, I know, I know. And you're gonna probably (laughs) hear some comments uh, come up later from viewers. But um, so, like, going through middle school and high school, um, probably up until like my junior year when I started playing football. Like, I was super skinny. Like, I played tennis, which I love tennis, but I was like super skinny, and I was like bullied pretty pretty bad, and it was it was pretty significant. Um, so one of my things I was like, Hey man, like all these dudes lift weights, all these guys, like they're they're muscular. Um, and I'm over here just getting bullied. So I'm super tiny. I was like, all right, maybe I'll, I'll try hitting the weights. Um, and the original intent was like, dude, I just want to like lift the weight, you know, start lifting weights so that I'm not getting bullied. Then it turned out that I really enjoyed like the discipline and like just the grit that went into lifting weights and then seeing my body transform and becoming more capable. Um, and I just pretty much from high school on, I just fell in love with, like, being in the gym. And, you know, a lot of people see, especially, like, bodybuilding, superficial, which I can 100% understand that. Um, but I'm, so, I'm very passionate about fitness because, just like you guys know, like, nobody can do it for you. Like, no one, no one, they can tell you, like, hey, go do a push-up. But when it comes to, like, actually meeting standards for PT um, and being able to perform with just yourself, like, that is truly 100% on you and like your level of discipline and ability to get after it um and i just i love that and it's it's something that nobody can take away from me so just like you said aaron those two hours that you know you dedicate to to that time is like yeah same here um and so with me going through that and then like i said nursing background seeing how like how it truly is important to be physically fit or at least you know you don't have to do like you know two hours every day in the gym but doing something to stay healthy Uh, it's, it's so important. I can't stress that enough, even just for like longevity of life. Um, but with that, like, it just pushed me into like wanting to do personal training and helping people meet their goals, whether it's like trying to get into the police academy or maybe go through one of these selections for special warfare. Um, or maybe this guy or gal is like a single parent and they can't really afford personal training and they just don't know what to do. And they're already stressed out and thinking about X, Y, and Z, um, just being there for them to answer questions to kind of get them rolling. Because so again, now, that, that I, health, peace, and longevity. No, is no,
0: no. I I, I I appreciate it because I kind of went off on a rant, but can't it's been a it. <laughs> it's been kind of a mantra lately. Is it's fitness is important, not just and, and I think it's important for everybody, Um, not just for longevity, health, and all that kind of stuff, and just mental health, especially. You know, people don't realize that how much physical fitness actually helps, not just physicality yeah, but mental health, but. There are, there are times in your life, not, mm-hmm. and this is not the case for everybody, but you never know who it's going to be. That's the thing is that there, there could be times in your life that you get put into a situation right. where yeah. you either have to protect or save yourself, or more importantly, protect and save the life of somebody else. Whether that is there's a car on fire and you got to pull them out, or, you know, we just had severe Flooding here in Vegas because of the last couple of yeah. storm uh nights of storms where there are cars getting swept away oh, wow. and sometimes you know there was there has been not this couple of days but there were there were airmen that saw everly couples getting swept away and they went and broke windows and and dove into the car and pulled people out i mean it could be you know a shooting situation like so yeah, you need wow. to be able to protect yourself and save your own life and the life of your family, but it can also be others. And and again, as a as a good citizen or as a good human, you should be able to do that. I th- personally, I think you have an obligation to do that, mm-hmm. just like if you are trained in weapons manipulation, you know, in terms of sh- a skilled shooter, um, you know, you should you have an obligation because you're a trained shooter to protect people. Like that. That's just the way I feel. That's why I, you know, preach. Whatever. Getting into other preach, there, chief. Just put it out there. Listen, we we
1: anyway, hit up we hit up COVID on the last one. Why don't you just did. throw out the Second <laughs> Amendment here and let's yeah. just no no no. Let's go, I'm baby. Trying to get. I'm a excited. Mantle.
0: I swear, I'm not trying to get. I'm in, baby. I, yeah, yeah. But <laughs>
2: He's
0: like, that is a fine line, again, and I'm, sir. I, I'm glad around. you you hit that yeah. because you got to be physically fit, and it's just not for longevity. It's it's in general. So um, yeah. I want to ask one last question before we kind of wrap this up, but for anybody who is coming into the pipeline or aspiring to be a TACP, TACP officer or anything like that, what is, you know, one or three pieces of advice, whatever that you would want to give to them to help them mentally and physically prepare? Or maybe it's just life lessons that you've learned along the way that you wish you had known.
2: Yeah. Um so we just say it like physical readiness, all right? Understanding that a lot of these pipelines you go through are physically taxing. So getting on a good workout program that's going to build that muscular strength and endurance um is, is going to be huge. Like you got to be able to exceed the minimums. Like if you, if you're going in there barely scraping by, like you're not going to make it. I'm sorry. Um the second thing is <clears throat> find ways to get into a team environment. Like if you're used to working with yourself, um like that's that's not going to be the best way to prepare for like life or any of these selections. So find a way to be a part of a team, whether that's doing Spartan races or, um, like union, go play some paintball or go to your local rec center and just do something that puts you in a team environment because you're going to learn communication, how to work on the team, picking up the dudes when they're hurting you, know, all those things. Like that's, that's how you learn it. Nice. And then very similar, put yourselves in situations that just suck. Um, there's a lot of gain from being in those situations where you're hurting, you're putting yourself through a lot of pain, physically, mentally, spiritually, like you name it. Um, and that can be something as simple as, all right, I got, and it's just because fitness is like my my rock, right? I have an hour. Let me design just like the worst program or worst exercise scenario that I can. Like, hey, maybe I'll go do a ruck for 30 minutes with you know 45 to 60 pounds and i'll come back and do just like all these exercises as a chipper and then i'll go finish with a mile sprint you know just like get uncomfortable and put yourself in those situations as well because just like both of you mentioned before and how we kind of alluded to in in ranger school like there's going to be plenty of times where it's just going to suck and then do you have that mental fortitude and capability to kind of push through that right um so those are probably like my big three just like general tips for being successful in both like life in general and then Moving into like special warfare. um, Oh, that's awesome. Well, sir, uh,
0: appreciate your time. I I know that not everybody wants to come on and and, uh, become vulnerable and and give out. Yeah, I mean, because you put yourself on camera and on a podcast, like there is a certain level of vulnerability there. So I definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on and chat with us about it. Um, And then for everybody that's out there, they can find you uh, on Instagram at Todd Physique. It's uh, Todd Duquette on there. And I think you're also writing blogs for train, train For Purpose or Train With Purpose rather
2: yeah so trainwithpurpose.us train is, is the website awesome. Yeah, just share like general, awesome. general blogs uh, well everybody check them out
0: and uh, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review and then yes. hit that notification bell and then check out all of our uh, partners that we collaborate with awesome. and uh, we're out here, you guys enjoy the rest of your day